Listeners, Natalie and Henry here from the Vandal Factory podcast. Now, normally when we interview a guest, we have to edit the chat down, but we've got a bit tired of doing that because sometimes we're having to cut some excellent content and they say really amazing things. And we think you deserve to hear the full interview from the Vandal Factory podcast. I chatted to Pavan Sardesian up at the Edinburgh Festival Fringe pretty much straight after she came off stage for her show, Jewel, a solo performance using puppetry, drag and animation to tell the story of both being British and Iranian. So if you want to hear a song that chosen by Pavan, check out the full podcast episode, number 17, titled The Seeds and the Tools. Nice. Yeah. Ten minutes, ten minutes time. Great. Um, hello. Could you introduce yourself and tell us your vibe for our listeners, please? Uh, so my name's Pavan Sardigian. Sardi- I can't even say my own name. Sorry, I'm a bit fried. <laughs> Let me start that again. Uh, my name's Pavan Sardigian. Obviously, that's my vibe because I'm a, just being a bit of a scatterbrain straight off stage. Um, but yeah, as you can hear, I'm a Cockney. I, um, I'm well. What is my vibe? A bit, bit all over the place into punk and oi and theatre which is a weird mix um, and I like cats yeah <laughs> what's your favourite type of cat oh do you know what I l- really love a little little street cat moggy that's just the you know a bit bolshy and friendly um, or tells you to fuck off <laughs> like <laughs> you're not projecting at all into this cat are you your own personality Absolutely not. That's just the, you know, that's their own personalities they bring if you grow up on the streets. <laughs> um, so it's day two of your show here. Now, it, I've been in my ignorance calling it Duel, but it's not called Duel. It's got a longer title than that. So what's it like day two of bringing the show up to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival? Yeah, so, I mean, it's Duel, Dog and Air, but it's not something that I am, like, holding against people because unless you read Farsi, then you wouldn't necessarily know. Um yeah, day two was definitely, I feel like I've arrived. Yesterday was just manic. Um, so it's just nice to kind of get it out in front of an audience after literally months of putting in the work for it. Um, so yeah, just remembering why I'm doing it and why I've been tired and lacking sleep for months as well. So. <laughs> well, it's not just months, it's years because you said the show has a, it started in 2019. So can we go about what was the catalyst to go, I want to tell this story? Yeah, so I, um, I mean, it's one of those things I've had in my mind for a little while, but I think the thing that really spurred me towards it was people sort of, around that time, a lot of people were sort of going on, on about their passports, a lot of British people being like, oh, you're so lucky, you've got a second passport. It's like, yeah, depends. I <laughs> don't know if the Iranian passport was that useful. Um, and then also, like, people that had EU passports having to suddenly sort their residency status out and all this kind everyone kind of being up in arms about it for one reason or another and so that's I think what was like you know what let's talk about passports but from my specific point of view so yeah it uses that to hopefully springboard into a wider uh, point of relation I think so the show's about well lots of lots of things (laughs) um but like things I took away are about duality identity um you talk about being a stateless person but also that relationship with people say when are you going back to Iran when you were born in the UK yeah. so 
I suppose, like, over the last four years, how have you sort of started interrogating these, these themes? Yeah, I think I was really keen to look at... Because you get a lot of plays about identity or identity politics, and, that, and that's all valid, but this is literally the politics of identity, as in the papers that you've got and that you're entitled to, and the changes that can... can like, literally, the rug getting pulled from underneath you... And a lot of people don't realise, I didn't realise, um, that you're not, just because you're born in the UK, you're born a British citizen. And it wasn't until literally when I was going on holiday with me mates in, in my late teens that I was like, oh shit, wait, I'm not, what? Why have I got these papers saying that I'm not working when I'm like one years old? And like, what? I was already at primary school and this paper's saying that I'm still not a British citizen. Like just stuff that, that like absolutely baffled me. Um, so that's kind of what like the angle I'm sort of coming at it from and, and then um, yeah so I kind of naturalised and I got my British passport and then I went to Iran and then they're like no you're, you're Iranian and because their laws are by, by blood so it's like if you've got a parent a dad a yeah, some paternal line then you are as far as they are concerned Iranian um, so I've got those two passports can't can't get rid of the Iranian one really uh, on fit in theory you can in practice it's not actually doable um, and then in the meanwhile like in the past few years in the UK you've got cases of of the government sort of passing laws that mean that if you've got any ties to any other country that's not the UK you can potentially have that your British citizenship stripped um, and that's you know even with Shaheen Begum not that she's the uh, most likeable person on earth but she actually wasn't even a Bangladeshi citizen or entitled to one and yet there was the assumption of like well if we take the British passport off you you can be their problem and it's like well that's not really there's a duty if you if you you know you you are it is a right human right to have a passport and to have protection of citizenship and so that's I don't know if I've answered your question it's all over the place but yeah it's going going around those sort of circles I think the show like has so many really strong powerful moments that like just hit the audience with those facts and that information and really like as a British born white person with all the privilege in the world like it's a, that reminder for me um, I suppose do you do you think about audience like were you writing this show going this is my story I need to tell it whoever's in the audience in the audience is it for people with that dual nationality is it for that reminder for people like me to be like aware and keep fighting that fight to against this hideous bureaucratic hostile environment state state bullshit that happens i think it's for anyone that is interested in those things from whatever angle um so like for any kind of politically or socially engaged person um there is part of me that like hopes that there's kind of mixed iranian diasporas that come and see it as well um but the team behind it uh, all like there's a few of us that are Iranian there's a few of us that aren't and everyone has their own kind of point of contact with the subject matter so I think in making it it was about making all these different points or offers for audiences at different intersections I suppose to relate to um, which is why there's you know there's chunks of it that are in Farsi and it's not it's you don't you're not expected to understand all of it all the time and I think that's kind of where we've come from so you know don't come and see it if 
you don't like hearing other languages <laughs> it's probably not for you <laughs> do you hear that pretty patel i don't know she probably um if i were to walk into your rehearsal room halfway through the process halfway through the day what sort of what would i see what's going on in that room to create this place because it's a really mischievous show i think it's playful like you say there's like so much fusion of different language there's bits of puppetry and a bit of dance a bit of movement it, it there's lots of it's almost like lots of fun sketches bottled together um um projection i'm telling you what's in your show you know this, this is for the listener but like what what so what would i expect walking into that rehearsal room um so sometimes there'd be some quite uh, lively discussions uh, about, you know, because I'm writing it and in it, so I can never be outside of it. So the outside eyes, uh, be it the directors or um, the other creatives, were really important. So there'd be times of like, oh, I'm getting this from that. And I'd be like, oh, that is not what I'm going for. <laughs> uh, let's go back to the drawing board from that. Um, and because it's really, it's not not linear in its narrative, so there's lots of changing of orders of things, lots of me coming up with ideas and going, can we just try it? Because, um, you know, there'd be a lot of like raised eyebrows being like, ah, um, and then trying it and either it'd work or it did. So a lot of experimenting. Um, also just a lot of me being very confused and <laughs> literally not even know my own name sometimes because it's one of those bewildering sort of things if you're in it uh, so yeah kind of having people on the outside grounding me and being like yeah this is happening now I'm like oh yeah I'm glad someone's someone's on it um, so yeah like really genuinely collaborative uh, sometimes Al the video designer being like mate that that's like a two-week job to make that video so that's not gonna <laughs> so like those sort of negotiations like well, with the sound and stuff as well um so yeah really sort of lots of back and forth lots of conversations and collaborations and offers really just trying stuff out i love the mischievousness with the audience there's a there's a playfulness of getting them to do things to respond to be part of it Almost at times it felt stand-up, like, you know, at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, like, there's there's got a little bit of that, like, just teasing, asking them things. Um, yeah, like, how much of that it comes from performing live audience going, I want more of this, or was that always going to be there, that, yes, I want to be able to play with my audience? Yeah, that was really early on, actually. That was a strand that I knew absolutely would be there. Um, and, you know, when I first did the show in 2020, uh, that was a different iteration and I started developing it in 2019 um, and did like the first things I did with it was actually just test the interactive elements out and even though I didn't have the content for them I was sort of testing concept um, because it is really important for me to be like look we're all in a room together there's no fourth wall I'm not just telling you the story about when I was a kid and got stuck in Iran it's about us literally being here right now um, and you offering something and doing some of the work because I ain't got all the answers, that's for sure. So, um, yeah, yeah, that was always really, really important, I think. And one of the jobs you ask the audience to do is to come up with something that matters to them. Uh, and, you know, I was ready to put my hand up and say we should be for trans rights or smashing the patriarchy or workers' rights. But today it was uh, potholes and was the thing that we were <laughs> angry about. I... And I don't know, that was a, I think that was a very generous audience moment that just goes, yes, I'm going to give you this thing and let's move it on. Um, I guess, can you speak to a little bit of that, why you want to encourage your audience to have a bit of a chant to almost practice what a revolution could look like? Um, 
yeah, I mean, I did a show in 2020 where, and it's really varied. Sometimes it depends how polite the audience is. And I think if you get a couple of like really rowdy people, they'll just throw things in there. Like there was shows before that we had like, oh, femicide and, you know, lots of things like that. And then um, there was one that we had coffee, good coffee. And I'm like, fine. So everyone like good coffee? Yeah, that would be our... Co- okay. and, and, uh, Pro good coffee. Yeah. It was like down with good yeah, coffee. Yeah. So it's a cash crop, but we'll fight for good coffee. Um, and I think even with those suggestions, that's why I'm like, look, it, it, we're in a theatre. It's not... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and if you're... Un- it, I think people know in the audience that even if they're chanting that, that that's not actually something they give a shit about. And I think even having that realisation and that uncomfortableness is worth having in that moment because then you think well actually maybe I should have just shouted something or um, yeah yeah so I think that's why I, I do that and like some and I think that's why it varies in the audiences of sometimes if people are more rehearsed at that kind of thing they're really going for it as if and it feels like a demo sometimes that you're at and then other times if they're not that's also fine because that's what it just what it is it's just an experiment every time I think I should have brought my megaphone. I could have just whipped it out and joined in. Um, that felt be the most like punky part of it, and I'd like to ask you about that. Is is as a theatre maker and the lover of, of punk, is punk an ingredient, a tool, a theme? Like, how do you think that that punk alchemy works within the work that you do? Yeah, I think um, it it kind of filters through a lot in the aesthetic. I think there's a, a sort of rough and readiness to it and um, there's definitely a lot of the soundtrack like in the making of it uh, was definitely present in in my kind of personal playlist to write to and because uh, because it is part of me um, it's sort of present in that way I suppose um, and yeah that sort of like ranting rantingness ish of it if I had my way there'd be more <laughs> uh, but also I don't play any instruments <laughs> um, so it's not quite gig theatre but uh, yeah um, sorry I've forgotten what the thread of the thing is but I think yeah it's that kind of like iconoclasticness of it that irreverence of um, taking the piss out of things that may be considered sacred as well um, the BBC line always gets a bit of a in there and I'm like I always find that really funny uh, that people think like oh that's crossing a, oh that's a bit of touch and go in it and I'm like really? because I think there's other things in it that are a bit more a bit more kind of uh, oof about it but yeah so I think it's I think that kind of that approach is what um, I, in terms of like the punkness filters through that sort of nothing is sacred um, especially if they're the ones that are in power there's the, the, the stuff in there that you say please don't tweet about this talk about this and we won't go into specifics but as much as iconoclastic and you're yeah you are attacking the powers that be there's there's quite a dangerous show right like you don't want to get targeted for some of the things that you're saying is that conversations you've had with your your team yourself yeah yeah so that's where it becomes a responsibility of a collaborative effort because when I first started making it I was like I don't give a shit I don't know, I don't care. Um, also, because my uh, I have two different names, because my Iranian citizenship is in a totally different name. Um, but because I am collaborating with other Iranians, it was like, oh, okay, no, actually. <laughs> uh, it's about their care as well, and also 
family members and that that are present still in Iran. And so it's just making sure that none of that is out in the ether for anyone, especially now for people to get hold of, um, to use, not even against me, but to use against people in Iran that are associated with. And so that's, that's where that kind of come from so otherwise i'd be like i don't care <laughs> um yeah and just last couple of questions then one is a chance to, to plug some of the stuff you talk about in the show you mentioned that uh male steel workers go on strike because they're for women's rights and there's a hashtag going around can you talk a little bit about that and why that's important to well why it's, a, why it's an important to platform <laughs> we know it's an important to platform but in your words how do you why is that like in the dna of the show so I think with the current woman life freedom movement in Iran, what I think is really interesting and I what think what I think a lot of people can learn from it is how there's no what about usery. Um, and so I use the steel workers union as an example because they go on strike and they make the demands on behalf of woman life freedom because they understand that if the women are oppressed, we are too. <laughs> and um, yeah, there's no there's no like what about us? You know, there's people that have been unfortunately executed arrested that are all that are men that are chanting woman life freedom and you know meanwhile you know black lives matter well, what about us and it's just like oh come on and uh, yeah i just think that's that's why it's important to me it's a really good lesson um and what we're trying to do whilst we're up here as well is to get people to join in on that solidarity and so if you look up the show page you'll be uh, sort of more clear instructions on this but the condensed version is we're collecting videos of people saying woman life freedom in whatever language they have and uh, that will make a literal digital wall of solidarity for the Pleasants at Edinburgh Fringe and um, there's plans I can't quite officially announce because it hasn't been signed off yet but um, the plan is to eventually have a big video of all those kind of uh, things compiled together so it's just like woman life freedom cutting between lots of people um that goes out in time for massa arminis um uh, one year anniversary and also the anniversary of the woman life freedom movement which is on the 16th of september so that's our aim oh there's a rumbling going on <laughs> is, is it the revolution is it starting i think it's Let's coming <laughs> well in that case we better get some tunes on the go so we can we can have a little sing song to the revolution so um if you could play any, introduce any song, play any song, what would it be for our listeners? So I was, I was going to, uh, this has been one of them where I'm like, oh, there's loads of like British punk that obviously I would have, I would love and still uh, do. <laughs> but for, uh, in this, in this case, I think I'm going to go for some Iranian hip hop, which is actually the most punk genre there, I think. It's really political, really like, just gets you.